Listen, I did film and television studies at university for three years. I spent hours reading countless books and articles on subjects spanning from film all the way to television. Not a single one mentioned Hugh Grant once. I achieved the hardest qualification across any university or college ever, a 2-1 in history. Let me tell you, the only thing that I learned was that we, as a society, have a history of denying and neglecting Hugh Grant's artistic and cultural relevance, not just in this country, but in the entire world. I met Oscar at a Hugh Grant-themed event I put on at the Students' Union. It felt as though Diggory and I were the only ones there. And we agreed that there was a Hugh Grant-shaped hole in academia. We decided to put it right ourselves. We want to show people that he's an icon in acting. We want to show people he's more than just a bumbling posh guy. I'm Diggory Waite. And I'm Oscar Beardmore Gray. And, and this, this is... Taking Hugh for Granted. Hello and welcome to Taking Hugh for Granted, the podcast in which two Hugh Grant enthusiasts watch every single film starring Hugh Grant in the attempt to answer the simple question, is this film taking Hugh for Granted? Is this film good on its own or does it rely on the bumbling Brit for its acclaim? I'm Diggory Waite and I'm joined as always by my colleague and fellow Hugh Grant obsessive Oscar Beardmore Grey. Oscar, how the bloody hell are you doing today, mate? I'm doing a lot better now, Diggs, uh, because I'm talking to you. It's been it's been a bit, hasn't it, since we've done a done an episode. It feels like months. It might be months. It might be, might well be months. I mean, I think people obviously listeners won't realise that because they'll be thinking, "What are you guys talking about? You've been whipping out shows to you know once every two weeks as usual." But they don't realise we load these bad boys. And uh, yeah, it's been, it has been it's been quite some time. It's it's wonderful to see your little face. It is wonderful to see yours too, and uh, excited to talk about this film today. Yes, this film. We're releasing this at the end of June. June being Pride Month. Happy Pride Month, everyone. With it being Pride, we obviously thought we would review one of... I think we've found there's two Hugh Grant films in which Hugh plays an LGBTQ plus character. There's a film obviously called Morris, one of the more famous ones. We reviewed that already. That's a good one. That's a great one. Uh, and this film, a straight-to-TV film called Our Sons. And we'll obviously give you a synopsis about that in a minute. But as I say, some people will contest this, Oscar, and say they're not the only LGBTQ plus films of Hughes. Um, because isn't Phoenix Buchanan gay as old boots? I mean, <laughs> <they aren't... laughs> yeah. you've also missed one out, Diggs. A very, a very English scandal. Oh my word! This is what I'm talking about. Thank you so much. The my, my the way I'm going to wriggle out of that one is I'm going to say films. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair enough. But, no, but that that is me floundering. And also, this is a TV movie, so there's very much like <laughs> a Venn diagram there. So I can't really escape that well. But you're absolutely right. But you're absolutely right. Phoenix Buchanan definitely seems like he could well be a gay character. Well, listen. I, I, the only reason I say that is because I have seen some fairly fruity fan art on the internet of Phoenix Buchanan and uh and yeah let me just say that's something to uh look up in your own time and enjoy as I say I would post it on the Instagram but we'll get banned um fabulous right let's talk about our sons and have a synopsis from Synopsis Simon Our Sons, directed by John Ehrman written by William Hanley and released as a TV movie in 1991 Donald Barnes, played by Gielko Ivanik, is dying of AIDS. 
His lover, James, played by Hugh Grant, pleads to his mother, Audrey, played by Dame Julie Andrews, to go to Fayetteville, Arkansas, and tell Donald's mother, Luanne, played by Anne Margaret, who has been estranged from her son for years. Right, Oscar, Our Sons, 1991. I, this is the kind of stuff we love. We're dipping dipping our hands into Hugh Grant's older filmography, uh, which is something I know you love as much as I do. It's, it's, like, it's like plunging your hands into the back of someone's car at an old, old car boot sale, as we have in the UK. I, I think in America and North America, they're yard sales. You know, you sort of, you sort of, you're looking in this bin, in this bargain bucket, and you find an absolute gem in there. You know, you push Notting Hill to one side, you push the very English scandal out of the way, and then you find, ooh, what's this? Our Sons, 1991, straight to TV. What's this? And you stick it in your VHS player, and boy, oh boy, what a ride. Um, any initial thoughts on on the film? Well, I, I think we've got to start with Hugh Grant's accent. <laughs> yes. There's, there's, there's only one starting place here, Diggs. Yeah. Viewers who haven't seen this film, Hugh puts on an American accent, which I mm. believe is the first film we've watched where he does so. Am I correct there? I mean, we've, we're both making huge assumptions, assumptions about <laughs> Hugh Grant's career this morning. But, uh... Yes. Well, I think we definitely saw him put one on for a bit in, uh, in Cloud Atlas, I believe, mm. or, or maybe a couple of times in that film, but obviously not the whole way through. And he was due to in Mickey Blue Eyes, and I think they maybe even did a read through where he put on an American accent and they thought, God, this is awful. And they, and they, they redid it. But what annoys me about this is he has an American accent, but Oscar, where's his mum from in the film? Yeah. His mum's very, very English. Uh, yeah. It's Julie Andrews. <laughs> yeah. You can't get more English than that. Maybe Hugh Grant. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was literally just about to say that. You, the only person who'd be more British than Julie Andrews is Hugh Grant. It's just like, it doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense. So they have the perfect out to be like, right, he's an English actor that we've got in. He can have an English accent. It's fine because he's got an English mum. But they were like, no, we're going to make him put on an American accent. What did you, so of the accent, was it good? Was it bad? What did you think? I actually thought it was pretty good. Mm -hmm. I'm really interested to know what you thought. But there were definitely moments where it slipped a little bit, particularly when it was like, mm. when he said like one word. So for example, when he said like, sorry, mine, or like there were a couple yeah, instances where it was so like true. one one liners where it was yeah. like, okay, these, he sounds very English there. Mm. But generally throughout his speech, I actually thought, compared to some of his other accents, like an impromptu and others, <laughs> I actually yes. thought it was, a pretty, it was a pretty good effort. And like, he, what was really strange about it was that he didn't sound like Hugh Grant. Like in some, in, in, in some other accents he puts on, it's kind of, you, you think this is just Hugh Grant putting on a really bad accent. But this one, he had like a kind of like a different voice. It was a very different yeah. voice and it was very... Um, I mean, I don't know my American accents too well, but it, it definitely felt like a, it wasn't like a typical American accent with a really strong twang that we may become accustomed to, like listening to Hollywood celebrities, for example. Yeah, yeah. No, I completely agree. I know what you mean. It definitely felt like a completely different voice. He kind of sounded like Action Man or something like that. He had a <laughs> he very did. low register. It, like he would he would speak like this no, hello not quite you know. superman but like yeah, yeah. like action <laughs> man it, yeah it kind of yeah i did it's, it's hard to explain but like yeah a low register he was sort of i was trying to do it myself and i feel like he's speaking from the top of his chest and he would say 
he would say, uh, what was he? He'd say, I'll be in touch and things like that. And it, but like, it was really odd because it felt like I, I have to, I have to be honest with you. And I, I don't think the accent was great because I felt what happened was he was so focused on the accent and like changing his voice completely that like acting sort of went out the window a bit. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of like, whilst he's doing this action man voice, the acting sort of is like nowhere to be seen. Like all of his scenes, it feels like his eyes don't really move. They're sort of fixed. His voice doesn't really change intonation from this. <laughs> I think I have this right. You want me to go to, where do you say she lives? She lives near Little Rock. You probably have to stay overnight, but she'd be there and back in less than 24 hours max. With or without her? Well, even if it's without her, it wouldn't have been a wasted trip, Mother. Do you understand what I mean? Oh. Okay, well, you don't have to decide now. Just sleep on it. Would you at least do that? If she'd listen to anyone, she might listen to you, the mother of a homosexual son. Do you understand what I mean? Will you please stop asking me if I understand? Yes, I understand. I mean, I've got a question, though. So if you didn't, if you came into this film and had never seen Hugh Grant in anything ever before, it's, imagine it's 1991, would you think this was an English guy playing an American? I don't think so. I don't think so. You're, you're absolutely right to bring that up because obviously I can't view Hugh Grant with virgin eyes anymore. And I, let me tell you, I wish I could. I, I wish for that moment every day. It's like when a musician, they always say to themselves, I wish I could hear my music as if it was someone hearing it for the first time because they're stuck in there, you know, recording, producing. That's like us with Hugh Grant. We spend all day every day watching him, listening to him, all that sort of stuff. I wish I could view him again for the first time like a virgin. But I wonder, I think you're, I think you're probably right. I probably would have... I might not have... I would have been like, wow, that man has a low voice. <laughs> That's probably all I would have thought. And I would have maybe not enjoyed his acting that much. But I don't think I would have questioned the accent, which actually says, you know, you can't say hats off to him. Yeah, I would say that out of the accents he's done in his career, this one is possible and would and, and is, is, is better than average. You know, it, it, mm. you, don't, you don't sit there watching that film and going, oh my God, his accent is atrocious. Yes. Well, yeah, unless you're me for the first 10 or 20 minutes. I was sort of gripping my chair like I can't concentrate. What is going on? Seems to me like something's getting very complicated all of a sudden. Well, not getting, it always was. What do you mean? Since Donald and I have been together. Well, that made things a little bit awkward. What could you do but distance yourself from so perversely domestic an arrangement? How did I do that? I I really don't understand this, James. Well, by almost never asking when we spoke, how is Donald? By on more occasions than I can recall inviting me out to dinner. Me, not Donald. Well, we need spiked boots, Mother, you and I, to get over what's been swept under the rug since I was 18 years old. Mountains, Mother. So, Hugh Grant, funnily enough, plays a character whose last name is Grant. Uh, he's James yes. Grant, um, and uh, his his boyfriend, his partner uh, Donald, uh, which unfortunately people that name is kind of ruined. Um, but anyway, we'll move on. Uh, Donald, whose birthday uh, is still June, was just the other day. Happy birthday, Mr. Trump. Anyway, um, <laughs> Donald, how old is he now? One hundred and five. <laughs> give or take a few years <laughs> uh no i think he's like 73 or something yeah unfortunately ladies and gentlemen me and donald trump share the same birthday the 14th of june um fantastic I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah yeah how great is That's, that that is good uh, it's not bad it's not bad i have a theory right this is a, as a side note i have a theory that no one is born on anyone like really famous day does that make sense do, do you have any celebrities that you were born on the same day as yeah zach efron 
is about as famous that's as it gets. Fuck, that is big. That's well, a big no, one. it's not bigger than DT though. Yeah, but it's definitely better than DT. <laughs> I was always, I have to say, when I was a kid, I was like, is that it? Zac Efron? Is he the only guy? <laughs> Do you know what? To be fair, that that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, it's weird. There's obviously like a limit in this number of celebrities, but I just feel like everyone I speak to, whenever I'm like, who who's a celebrity you're born on the same day as? They always tell me one. I'm like, that sucks. You know, that's nothing. Mm. Like one yeah, of my mates, he was like, oh, Michael Sarah, And I'm like, Michael Sarah, cool. But I'm like, is there is there no one bigger? Do you know what I mean? Like that really is, he's probably a B-list. So that, yeah, you he's, know, a, we... he's a B-lister now. <laughs> but I think I think you get get away with Zac Efron, personally. But no, I'm, I'm a big fan of the, of the Zeph. Um, anyway, <laughs> wow, where, where have we got to? <laughs> you were talking about Donald um, and his predicament. Yes, yes. Donald has AIDS. And it, th- this actually, maybe this is a good time to compare it to Morris. So Donald has AIDS, his boyfriend with James Grant, Hugh Grant. And Donald and his mum don't really speak because his mum doesn't approve of his what she would call lifestyle. And Hugh Grant and his mum, Julie Andrews, hatched this sort of plan to get her to the hospital bed and get them talking again. Which is basically the premise of the entire film. Yeah, let's be honest. And uh, maybe that's a good point to sort of compare it to Morris, just because, look, Morris also is quite a, like, quite a sad film. You know, it, it it's not good news. LGBTQ plus films that were coming out, even probably up until 1991, but definitely in the time of Morris, like, they don't end well. You know, it's still stories of like woe and sadness and stuff like that. And yet this film compared to Morris is a lot bleaker because Morris, at least we have some like some real sexy stuff, really romantic stuff between Hugh Grant and James Wilby and uh, Scudder. Scudders. And, a, and there is a, a relatively happy ending in that film. Yeah. It almost a Nolan-esque ending where it's sort of like, oh shit, you know, the future could be bright here. You know, we don't quite see it, but it could be it could be quite sweet. This one's just sad. This one's just straight up sad. <laughs> this one's just straight up sad. I mean, let's be honest. You don't hear AIDS and think, oh, well, this this could end well. Um, I mean, what I think was is interesting about these two films is that obviously, I you know, I don't pretend to be uh, an expert in these things, but you know, the AIDS crisis was really at its peak in kind of the eighties and nineties, and mm. obviously there were people who wanted to make films about it um and so it's in, it's just interesting that these two films came out two years apart basically because obviously mm. it was something that people wanted to make films about but and i think like you said it's just this one it was hard like i, I don't i never want to criticize a film that has like a it's trying to do good in the world it's trying you know it's trying to mm. it's trying to do um it's like it's got a good message and i think it genuinely is trying to like raise awareness and tell an important story but mm. it just falls flat in its delivery well you're listening to hugh grant taking hugh for granted on the radio hugh grant taking hugh for granted oh the podcast show can you explain to me why hugh, hugh grant rings up donald's mum with the intention of saying to her, look, your son's in hospital with AIDS. He's going to die. Do you want to see him one more time before he dies? Basically, he rings her up. She eventually answers the phone. He just puts the phone down and he goes, mum, how about you fly to Arkansas and you ask her because I just got cold feet. His mum's like, oh, bloody hell, go on then. And it's like, why? <laughs> it's, it's a strange premise for a film. It's very 
predictable as well because you know basically what you have is this like very overdone story of like two very different people in the same situation put together and then they magically become friends you know you've got julie andrews who's like this sophisticated liberal you know urbanite metropolitan working woman with a computer and shit yeah Yeah. exactly versus like this trailer park arkansas loser basically and you know is all this sort of the scene of julie andrews coming in with a nice car and trying to convince her to come and you know they have a fight and stuff and it's just a little bit like nah (laughs) yeah it it, yeah it does it does ring a little bit like they they definitely play on the stereotypes because yeah it kind of feels like you know yeah the the like middle class woman who can who can pay for a flight to Arkansas can then pay for a driver to drive her up to the door of this trailer park to meet this woman. And she like swans in and she's the one who's like, you know, I'm educated, I'm liberal, blah, blah, blah. And then yeah, don't be so stupid. Like, how yeah. can you have these thoughts about gay people? Your own son, yeah. Then and the other one is like, my son's one of them and blah blah blah. And and it it's just very much playing on the stereotypes. So the way that Donald's mum sort of comes around to be like, oh no, I do like him, is like she goes up like it's just a really short scene where she goes, she like gets a box down, opens a box, looks at some drawings, and then she rings and is like, I'm coming to LA. Uh, it's just like, oh, what? No. I feel like we needed a bit more. Yeah. And it was yeah, another scene that was like quite predictable was kind of like, oh, I'm not. I'm not flying to uh, San Diego, no way. And then yeah. I'm going to take a car instead. And she's like, well, you can't do that. And then she's like, okay, I'll come in the car with you. And then obviously they like go on a bonding road trip together where they like, you know, smoke cigarettes and listen to jazz music and suddenly they're <laughs> best pals. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, even though you're middle class and I'm, you know, working class, we can get along because <laughs> both of our sons are gay. <laughs> Look, why don't you call me Audrey and I'll call you Louis? So much better than you calling me honey all the time and me calling you nothing. You like this music? I do, yes. You like jazz by any chance? I love jazz. Me too. What do you say? All music writer, and this is one of my favorites. Well, I'm The bit that really pissed me off, though, is the <laughs> now bit you're that, just like, laying into it. Yeah, no, no. I'm. Oh, I can. I'm, there's a lot more in my in my in my ammo. I've got at least three more bullets in this revolver. Um, but this next one I'm going to fire is very much on the same thing. Is she uh, the bit when Donald's mum eventually agrees to go back with Hugh Grant's mum? They're going to go and see her son who's dying, and on the night that she gets there, in the middle of the night, it shows her like sneaking downstairs, getting in a car. It looks, she's, no, she's packed her bags. It looks like she's going to leave and go back to Arkansas. She's not going to see her son who's dying. And it's a nightmare. You then see a shot of her at the airport. They're like, final call for Little Rock in Arkansas. And you're thinking, oh, no. And what you imagine, right, is it cuts back to Julie Andrews waking up, going to, you know, give breakfast to Donald's mum. And, oh, my God, she's not there. And then it's a mad scramble. And... It's like, oh shit, she got cold feet. This is awful. This is terrible. Hugh Grant's going to be sad. Donald's going to be sad. I'm sad. That's what you expect to see. What you actually see 
is not that at all. The very next shot is Donald's mum back in a car again, driving away from the airport. She then drives back into Julie Andrews' house, knocks on the door. Julie Andrews opens it and she's like, well, my luggage is going back to Arkansas, but I'm staying right here. So it's like, well, there was no jeopardy. You literally introduced the idea that she'd sack it and then she immediately didn't. There was no, like, there should have been some sort of conflict. We saw nothing. It was over. It started and was over within seconds. It was just so poorly dramatically done it was so fucking bad <laughs> yeah do you want it do you have any more bullets you want to get off your chest listen <laughs> listen oscar yes i do i mean we can talk a bit more about hugh and uh, and julie andrews here and 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 their relationship because i think one thing that the film does try and get across well is the fact that like these mums aren't actually all that different donald's mum doesn't speak to donald right however hugh and julie andrews their relationship isn't great no not just because of his weird accent and acting but it feels very stunted and that's the point but because of the way it's sort of acted and stuff it almost doesn't feel real like i actually didn't buy that they were mother and son yeah it, i agree hugh looked also looked a bit like a bit old to be her son it was um but i agree their relationship i mean i think like you said it was kind of on purposely meant to be awkward yes. and you know obviously the message was that because he was gay you know they had disagreements and they didn't want to mm. ever you know that was like very much the the topic they don't talk about like you just don't go there and to be fair when when they do have that conversation that is quite cool and moving but apart from that their relationship feels doesn't feel right mm. it doesn't feel like they are actually mother and son but talking about julie andrews and and hugh grant together this is a good time to mention I mean, how exciting I'm sure this was for Hugh. We said before we came on air, like Hugh, there isn't much on the internet about this, but we do know that Hugh is a huge Sound of Music fan. It's his favourite film. Is this, yeah, it's this, he said it's his favourite film after acting as one of the, 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 the little daughters in like year five play yes. or something like that. Brigitte, I believe. Yeah, so, yes. you know, he must have been absolutely gassed about acting alongside Julie Andrews. And I mean, Julie Andrews at this point, you know, she's she's an old woman now, but... She was still she was still a, a serious, serious Hollywood star at that point. So mm. Mm. I'm sure he was pretty, again, pretty starstruck. And I don't want to say that they, they did a bad job because I don't I don't I don't know if, if it was like mm. necessarily them. I don't I'm not sure they were set up for success, if, if, no. if that makes sense. Absolutely. As I say, I mean, one thing I will say about this again is uh, it, the the writing felt really bad. There were I don't know if you found this as well. There's so many points in this. There's obviously a lot of fraught, you know, uh, tense conversations. And what's a, a bloody classic in this is when you might have found this as well. Is suddenly people would go from you know having a tense conversation and talking, and then suddenly one of them would snap and grab one of them, and then they would immediately go back to uh, sorry anyway, and then they keep talking and that sort. But it, it never felt natural at all. It never felt like the flow of of these tense conversations and moments quite mm. quite fitted and it just felt really really odd and i think one thing i would say is that like generally the scenes were very boring like yeah maybe we just become too accustomed to fireworks and bombs going off and all this stuff these days but you know really if you're setting a film in a hospital you better have a yeah. bloody good hospital to set that scene in and to be honest like it was this really ill-looking bloke in a bed and you know people coming in and out and then 
Julie Andrews and Hugh walking around drinking coffee. Yeah. And then this nutcase mum in Arkansas in a trailer park just like, you know, smoking. I mean, that was effectively it. And we never really, there was never really anything that like perked my interest. Like, I don't know, like uh, shots of downtown San Diego or I don't know, like something that really was unique about Arkansas. I just didn't get a sense of where we were or what it just felt like we're in California somewhere nondescript. It was, I, I think that that was something that really didn't like, I didn't enjoy about this film is that it had no sense of place and the scenes were just incredibly bland. Yeah, that's so true. Visually very uninspiring. And as I say, like even though there's so much, there's fertile ground here for some like great like great in, engaging scripts. These are some these are some serious themes we're dealing with here. Like, there's a lot of stuff that could go on at least orally for our ears to enjoy. Like you know these great conversations and stuff. And and yeah, tense moments. And yet he just there was none of that. And you, it can be done because like the marriage story. You know that is just a a mum and a dad and they're just bloody fighting. And yet it's just it's great. And that you know that it is it, engaging. I mean, last thing I'll say on the writing as well is there was a lot of like what I like to call Hollywood writing where it sounds really pithy in your head, but actually it just sounds like nothing anyone would ever say. So like there was a bit when he was like, Hugh's boyfriend has AIDS. And so, you know, we're all thinking it and his mum's thinking it, but no one asks it, you know, what is, has Hugh, maybe Hugh's got HIV and AIDS as well. Like what, you know, what's going on there? And it's not really talked about. And every now and then they poke at it. And at one point she sort of asks him, and he's like, this isn't the time to talk about that mother. This is the time for Donald. And there's not much of that left. Um, and it's just like, no, I, no, agree. I, I completely agree with that. Diggs, yeah. That was a really potentially strong narrative arc in this film. The idea that, Oh shit, your boyfriend is going to die of AIDS. And, oh crap, like you probably have it too in that case, but you don't want to get tested. But in the end, I was just like, oh my God, they're not asking about this again, are they? Jesus, this is like the 15th <laughs> time they've asked about it. And he's just like, yeah. no, I'm not going to, I'm sorry. It's just, you know, that was... It's the same conversation. Yeah, That's the it problem. Was, it never goes anywhere, yeah. I felt like, you know, the idea of Donald kind of dying, the mum coming to the hospital and the testing, it could have been one huge kind of finale that... Yeah. You know, and and... and and, and and in the end, I was just like, oh, fuck, Donald died. Like, it was like, I didn't even realize he was dead. Like, he was suddenly, he was just in a in a bloody coffin being driven around in an airport. And I was like, I don't what is this? <laughs> that was really weird. That I'm sorry, that was one of the worst, like, ending shots ever. Like, we, we, the reveal of he's dead is that he's being driven around in... There's a load of luggage being driven around at the airport and he's in one of the carriages of luggage. Yeah, you know when you, you know, when, when you... When you're in the plane and you watch all your bag- baggage coming into the plane, they're in those like cart things. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I hope if I hope if I'm flown back somewhere for my death, I'm not putting one of those. Like, I, I hope for something a little better than that. And that's how we as an audience find out that he dies. And what's great is, sorry, maybe it's not great, but what it is funny is the fact that it's not even driving towards a, a plane. We just see it drive to a dead end cul-de-sac, do a little. turn around and drive off again so it's not even going anywhere it looks like the guy's just taking it for a spin like there was no need for him to drive around this little circle it's just mad and pointless i mean what i what i might say is that like you know we've shouted in the film a bit maybe we need to really we we 
thankfully weren't in that particular crisis and therefore maybe we, when we look back at this we can't talk about it in you know we can't we haven't lived the experience well we certainly haven't lived the experience we haven't even lived in the era that it happened. yes so yeah perhaps this would have been a lot more poignant i mean one thing i would say is that on imdb there's some reviews and like people love this shit like there's a lot of people like is either 10 out of 10 or is two out of 10 yeah um so i guess we've fallen into the two out of 10 camp sadly well hold your horses there oscar perhaps it's time to ask that all important question let's ask it taking heat for granted taking heat for granted taking heat for granted what did you think lads were they taking heat for granted oscar oscar beard more gray as you live and breathe our son's 1991 straight to TV film. Are we taking Hugh for granted? Diggs, we're taking Hugh for granted of this one. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's just not a good film. That's all I'm just. It, that there's nothing really more to say. It's not a very good film. <laughs> I was really happy to see Hugh get the chance to act with Julie Andrews. That was a mm. big plus point, and I would love nothing more than watching. The Sound of Music with Hugh Grant. That oh, would just imagine. Be a dream. Mary oh. Poppins, Princess Diaries. That's like, why? those are the three films yeah. that yeah. I associate with Julie Andrews. And I love all three of them. They're right, they're mm. right up there. So it was fantastic to see these two giants act together. Mm. But apart from that, and I, you know, I did think that um, the, the woman who plays uh, Luanne Barnes, um, Donald's mother, and Margaret, I think she's cool. Yeah. She, I think yeah. she, was, she, she was a good actress. Mm. She just did a good job. But overall, yeah. as we've said... The script was poor. The cinematography was awful. And there were so many chances to make this a more meaningful, like have more of an impact, I think. Mm. If we compare it to Morris, I think, I think that Morris is a far better film. And it, you know, it is really good to see that Hugh, throughout his career, has been willing to, to play gay characters. You know, we see it back, back then in Morris and now Our Sons and, and, and now, you know, more recently, of A Very English Scandal. So I think that says something about Hugh Grant, but the film itself, not for me. Yeah, I, that's a really interesting point, actually, about Hugh Grant, because obviously some people be like, oh, like, why wouldn't he? You have to understand... There's other actors. I know um, Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal talked about this when they did Brokeback Mountain, which at the time was one of the biggest gay films of all time, if not the biggest. And there was a serious consideration. They were going to get some serious backlash for this, especially in America. And I think that film was released later than than both of those that you mentioned, Morris and Our Sons for Hugh Grant. So no small thing. And as you say, I think it's a testament to his character. And uh, But anyway, my thoughts on the film. Oscar, this film is not taking you for granted. <laughs> oh my word! How can you do this to me? Uh, look, uh, look. Maybe I, maybe I will. I will regret this. However, we've talked about this before about how, about how I have to trust how I watch the film. And today, as I told you before we were on air, I was very, very busy at work. And I think watching this film perhaps was, for me, a wonderful release. I got to watch my favourite man on screen doing some wacky stuff with the accent. And the fact that it was a TV movie and that I could, like, poke fun at it and look at all the holes and sort of it was very gentle and easy to understand and easy to follow... I think really today suited me down to the ground. I was not bored for a second, which is very, very surprising. These themes, even if the film didn't show off the themes and some of these like points of tension very well, I think the film inspired me to think about them enough that I 
I sort of enjoyed it, you know? Mm. And and I sort of feel like I came away with something as a result of that, even if the film itself didn't do a very good job of exploring them. I feel like whilst the film was going on, I was exploring them within myself and in my head. And I feel like when something inspires you like that, you have to give it some credit. And rather oddly, I am going to say that as a result, if I'm being true to the experience that I just experienced, you know, half an hour ago... I'm going to say this film is not taking you for granted, which is a real surprise. But I did oddly really enjoy it. I'm 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 really pleased. Split decision, like you know, we don't want to we don't want to vote you down. So uh, no, another one not. to put in the split decision chart. So yes, excellent stuff. There you go. I mean, look, what I will say is, ladies and gentlemen. What you might think is, oh bloody hell, they're sitting on the fence again. And I know what you what you're saying. And look. Oscar, are you going to shift here? Which side of the fence are you going to come on? If, if I tugged at you and you tugged back at me, I feel like it's only fair that I hopped over to your side of the fence. I'm not going to. I think we should put this down as, down as an official. But I just think, just in case people are like, oh, how can you shit on the film for half an hour? And at the end go, oh, I liked it. Mm. I, think, I think I would probably stick to my guns. Like Sometimes, yeah, I, think so. I, sometimes I watch... Hugh, Hugh, like there aren't many, but this was one film where I was like, "This, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really enjoying this very much." If I'm being honest, <laughs> the question is, will I ever voluntarily watch this film ever again? No. So, <laughs> so I think that tells you all you need to know. So, look, we're, we're going to take this as a split decision. However. If you want to, you know, I know that a lot of you have got your own sheets up on the wall and every time you listen to one of our episodes, you mark down where we've put it on your little sheet up on the wall on your graphs. You can put this one down if you want to on the side of it is taking you for granted. Um, But for the rest of you, we'll be putting it in the middle. And for the rest of you, thank you so much for listening. It's been another wonderful episode. We hope you've enjoyed it. And please do follow us on all the socials. We've been having a wonderful time lately on there, posting some great fun stuff. So do follow us there at Taking Hugh for Granted on Instagram and Facebook at Taking Hugh on Twitter. Um, Oscar, is there any other bits of housekeeping going on? I don't think so. I think you, you got it all, Diggs. There you go. Enjoy what little time there is left of this Pride Month. Um, get out there, show your support, fly the flag. Just be great. Um, and have a good time watch this film why not that's something you can do (laughs) we've given it a glowing review so I'm sure you guys are going to love it (laughs) fantastic well thank you so much for listening guys and we'll see you on the next one bye bye Taking Hugh for Granted is produced edited and presented by Diggory Waite and Oscar Beardmore Gray The producers of Taking Hugh for Granted would like to state that this podcast is in no way associated with the actor Hugh John Mungo Grant, nor does it endorse his views or represent him in any way. Instead, by creating this podcast, Oscar and Diggory hope to celebrate Hugh's illustrious career, reliving his old classics and shedding light on some of his hidden gems. Hugh, if you're listening, we hope you approve.